Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports independent tech news directly. If you're not already, become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, December 10th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And uh, from L.A. County, I am the show's producer, Roger Chang. And we have a show filled with bread, wrapping, and apps that spy on you and follow you around. Know where you All live. All of it. Literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with a few tech things you should know. A Chinese court granted Qualcomm a preliminary injunction preventing the sale and import of iPhone 6 through the iPhone ten. Quite a few iPhones. Apple said that iOS 12 avoids the patent conflict and will continue to sell all models in China. So it's a little bit convoluted at the moment. The product, uh, the patents at issue rather, uh, relates to resizing pictures and managing applications. The For You tab in Google Maps is arriving for you on iOS and expanding to more countries on Android, if you didn't already have it. You can follow places or even neighborhoods, and that tab will give you related news and recommendations for, you know, restaurants, new things in your area, that kind of stuff. The Law School Admission Council, which administers the LSAT, anybody who goes to law school knows it, uh, is a test used by many law schools for admissions and has decided to administer all future tests on the Microsoft Surface Go. The council found that iPads were too expensive and difficult to modify and Chromebooks weren't high enough in quantity or quality. The LSAT will go digital in July, except for the writing sample, which is not scored and can be submitted separately. Yeah, not high enough in quality. I'm sure they could find plenty of them. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Not enough quantity. Yeah, no, quality. Uh, Huawei pre-announced its Honor View 20 phone with a 48 megapixel image sensor in the now a trend hole punch design. That's where you have a full screen and just a little circle cut out for the camera the v20 will be fully launched december 26th in china and fully launched january 22nd worldwide samsung also announced the hole punch design will be used on its galaxy a8 phones which opened for pre-orders december 21st and xiaomi co-founder and president lin bin posted to weibo a picture of a device with the words 48 mp camera on it so 48 megapixel sensors i think samsung and sony both make them also one of your new trends 
in phones. Let's talk a little bit more about Google Plus while we still have a Google Plus to talk about. Oh, let's do it. Google reports <laughs> that a vulnerability, another one in Google Plus, could have exposed the name and email address and occupation and age of up to 52.5 million users to developers, even if the account was set to private. A lot of people are crying foul about that. Google says the vulnerability was uh, only in existence from November 7th through November 13th. It was discovered through standard testing, and there's no evidence that any developers took advantage of it, but it may have been out there. Google also says it'll shut down API access to Google Plus in 90 days and close the network entirely in April. It was originally August. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're yeah. <laughs> they're uh yeah they're, they're 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 good good idea to just shut it down if you're if you're still finding vulnerabilities i mean the fact is this is the system working they have a, an ongoing system to look for vulnerabilities they found it they shut it down in six days they disclosed it uh they're yeah. fairly certain nobody took advantage of it because they found it first uh even if they had taken advantage it's not the worst you know data breach we have these days there were no passport <laughs> numbers involved or things like right. that it's kind of crazy what you compare it to uh but yeah it does mean the end for Google Plus, I think. And Luke- you know, I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm bummed about the whole thing because at at, at the time, at one time, Google Plus seemed like a really great social network. Just didn't catch on. Yeah. Um, kind of kind of a bummer. What's happened to it? Luke Weston got some attention for tweeting his experiment in using Vegemite on toast to create a working electrical circuit. Vegemite's ion from the salt and water content make it conductive. Its viscosity makes it useful for drawing circuits because it comes out in a nice line. Toasted bread makes a good insulator. However, as much pickup as this got, Boing Boing posted it and it was picked up at a few other places. This is not the first time it's been done. I looked into it, folks. I did research for you. A video in 2015 from Asus Electrical Materials shows Vegemite being 3D printed at the University of Wollongong onto bread, working as a circuit, and even being eaten by the professor demonstrating it afterwards. (laughs) That professor is an author of a paper that was published in the Journal of Food Engineering called 3D Printing Vegemite and Marmite Redefining Breadboards. How to un- how to unpack? Uh, <laughs> we were I mean, talking before the show, like whether or not you like or don't like Vegemite. This is amazing. However, okay, so as you noted, Tom, in 2015, this was already this has already been uh, proven. I've been, so been what, done before that too, honestly. Sure, probably. Um, so okay. Um, uh, given the fact that it's it's gotten a lot of attention, sure, it's gotten picked up by some pubs. What can we expect from 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 science such as this? This this is the thing. You're going to be tempted to complain and say this is joke science. You. The Journal of Food Science, I have some, uh, having been the son of a man who subscribed to it, <laughs> is a legitimate journal that is used to help wrap your head about what's capable with food. This may sound silly, but it could also lead to a kind of food that you would have never been able to use before or that can do cool things, maybe provide sensors, maybe light up if it's spoiled, or, or maybe just novelty stuff that's fun. Uh, so this is practical. 
It's a question of can anybody make something out of it that the journal article was done. The the tweet was just someone rediscovering a thing that not a lot of people knew and and looks fun and cool. So I think I think it's all good. All of this is really good. <laughs> also Where's like the Vegemite. love for Marmite? That's what I want. I like that the journal article actually includes Marmite as like, hey, we're not going <laughs> to pick sides here. Right. Vegemite and Marmite, both cool. Both both very cool in their own way. Uh, moving on, Paul Therat, uh notes that the first feature that Microsoft has committed to adding to Chromium is UI automation providers. That accessibility feature lets Chromium-based browsers on Windows to seamlessly interact with accessibility client applications like Narrator. Microsoft's Kyle Ad, Ad, Alden rather, said that on Reddit that it's Microsoft's intent to support existing Chrome extensions on Microsoft Edge. He also said that Edge HTML, the old Edge engine, will remain in Windows for the foreseeable future so that developers can move their w, uh, their UWP apps to Chromium on their own schedule. There's been a lot of talk about how this is all going to work now that Edge is being edged out, so mm-hmm. to speak. And in response to a question about Edge on Xbox, he wrote, quote, it is our intention to bring the next version of Microsoft Edge to all Microsoft devices, which means hmm. absolutely nothing. Well, it, it does mean, it does imply that they'd bring it to the Xbox, which would be kind of cool. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of I, saying everything without saying anything. And Chrome on Xbox could open up a lot of capabilities, but like you say, Sarah, uh, when they say they'll bring it, that means they'll bring it. Doesn't mean they'll bring it fully capable or exactly doing all the same permissions, what sites will not work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think a lot of people would be excited. I know Roger's a big Xbox user and would, might be excited to have a Chrome-based browser, even if it's Edge. If, if it's also supported a lot of the plugins like remote desktop, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Edge will support extensions. Will they allow extensions to be installed on the Xbox if they bring Edge to the Xbox? I don't know. That's a it's a hard question to answer. <sighs> 50 years ago yesterday, December 9th, 1968, Doug Engelbart, Douglas Engelbart gave what is lovingly referred to as the mother of all demonstrations. He was a 43-year-old Stanford engineer at the time talking at a computer conference in San Francisco at a time when computers meant room-sized stuff, right? We're not, we, weren't, we weren't talking about desktop computers in 1968. He demonstrated video conferencing, a desktop interface. Remember, we're still talking the era of punch cards. He's showing a desktop interface, word processing, which was brand new, hypertext, the mouse, which he called a mouse, collaborative editing, and a bunch of other stuff. And this was... Answering a question he had posed, if in your office, you as an intellectual worker were supplied with a computer display backed by a computer that was alive for you all day, remember this is at a time when computers couldn't even be on all the time necessarily, and was instantly responsible, responsive to every action you had, how much value would you derive from that? They are still mining this hour plus long demonstration for ideas today. Uh, most of the practical ideas like the mouse and the interface have been developed, uh, but there's still sort of ways of thinking about how a computer would work that are still ideals that have not been executed from this. Uh, and Roger uh, clipped out a piece of it uh, to hear him when he's demonstrating the mouse for the first time. I'm in Menlo Park. Go ahead, Roger. Okay, there's Don Andrews' hand in Menlo Park. 
And in a second, we'll see the screen that he's working and the way the tracking spot moves in conjunction with movements of that mouse. I don't know why we call it a mouse. Sometimes I apologize. It started that way and we never did change it. <laughs> we, never, we never have. We still call it a mouse. I love that. Totally. Uh, if you haven't ever treated yourself to the luxury of taking an hour plus uh, to watch this and you're into computers at all, you need to do it. It'll blow your mind to just think this is 1968 and he's showing you a modern computer. He's showing you a mouse. He's showing you word processing. He's showing you Google Hangout video. <laughs> he's, he's showing you uh, uh, Google Docs. All, all, all of the equivalents of those in 1968. This is, well, by the way, he, this is before the internet launched that he's doing this. Well before the internet launched well, the internet, as far Ar as the Arpanet's, internet that we all knew it as. ARPANET's going to launch in a few months, right? But, but, but yeah. imagine being um, Mr. Engelbert and, and knowing what he knows and sort of seeing the future of it and, and being constrained by the fact that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, but the infrastructure doesn't actually support the vision that he knows is going to come to fruition sooner than later, right? 1968? I mean, it was about 1998 before a lot of the stuff became real as far as the, yeah. you know, the general public is concerned. We hadn't put a man on the moon yet. Right. right. When he demonstrated the mouse and word processing and video conferencing. Uh, the other thing that's impressive about this, The Economist uh, did an, uh, one of their podcast episodes about this this weekend, is the demo worked. <laughs> like Everything worked. Right. <laughs> Which is a feat in and of itself, if you've watched any any live demos at conferences these days. So anyway, I th thought it was worth pointing out. Very much so. Also worth pointing out, uh, I would be remiss if I did not talk about rapper 2 Millie being very angry because he says... He's going to sue Fortnite creator Epic Games for profiting off a dance that Two Millie says he created called the Millie Rock. Now, if you watch anything on Instagram or otherwise, you might be familiar, <laughs> familiar with this. And I don't mean to laugh. Um, Fortnite actually added a dancing feature called Swipe It back in July. Millie says, well, that's his dance. And yeah, he thinks it's sort of like a copyright thing. Fortnite Battle Royale is, of course, the currently world's most popular game. It's free to play. However, it rakes in about $200 million a month from the sale of emotes, the dance being one of them, other cosmetic items in game. Another rapper uh, called Blockboy at JB says, well, my dance appears in Fortnite as well. That's a little bit weird. It's not credited. And actor Donald Faison, who was in um, the show Scrubs, says that Fortnite, I was actually using a dance that I danced in my show back in the day as well. Law firm Pierce Bainbridge is suing Epic Games for using the likenesses of former NFL player Len Skip Hamilton to create the character Coltrane for the Gears of War video game series. So, well, lot to unpack here. Yeah, and... Uh, Likeness, the likeness one is a little different because there are, there's some good tested law around likenesses, but dance right. moves, dance moves individually well, like the Millie Rock and, are and, not and, copyrightable. No, that's the thing. It's like, well, okay. So if, it, it, and if that's the case, right, if you say like, that's my dance, 
but it's not copyrightable. Okay, well, what do you do at that point besides, yeah. you know, sort of tisk tisk? Choreography um, was added to the Copyright that. Act in 1976. Choreography has to be one or two, more than one or two steps together. So, in other words, you have to string together a bunch of moves. Uh, Beyonce Millie rocked in her Super Bowl performance. He didn't mind because it was part of a bunch of other moves. Rihanna executed the move in a performance on SNL. Uh, Playboy Cardi used the move uh, in his song Magnolia in 2017. And Two Millie even created a remix of that song. What we're talking about here is not that he's mad that they used his dance. No, it's, it's that, that he wants to get paid. Exactly. Because you know what? He doesn't know them <laughs> like he knows Playboy Cardi. No. And they're making games. a whoa, lot whoa. of money off his move. So uh-huh. this isn't about the law. I don't know how he's going to prevail in a lawsuit, but it is certainly about him saying, hey, man, uh, you're, you're making fat stacks off of this and I need to be cut in on that. Well, it, yeah. And, um, you know, if, if you don't have a legal leg to stand on in the situation, but you have, uh, I don't know, um, the support of uh, folks behind you, Fortnite is wildly popular. I mean, does this make people play less Fortnite? Probably not. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's an interesting situation. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Look, NBA 2K 2018 used the Millie rock Two Millie cop co- co- uh, contacted them and worked it out. So come on, Epic games. Uh, I, I, I don't claim to know two Millie's music. Uh, <laughs> But I will claim to know enough about technology and copyright law to say, even though he doesn't legally need to get paid, he should get paid. Do the right thing, Epic Games. Pay two milli. You heard it here, folks. folks Tom Merritt get, sides with milli. If you get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right. Let's talk about tracking. Jennifer Valentino DeVries, Natasha Singer, Michael H. Keller, and Aaron Krolik are all writers for the New York Times who teamed up on an investigation into location data used by apps uh, and found that location patterns alone could identify some individuals despite being otherwise anonymized. This reminds me of a story about 10, 15 years ago about AOL's anonymized data that they were making available for research and how you could use Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... 
Stripe, Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Use that to figure out who someone was based on some elements. This is just one element, location. But what they were able to figure out was, even though that's anonymous, if it's connected to an identity, an ID tag, you can tell, like, wait a minute, there's only one person who lives at this address going to this middle school. I can look up an address on public records. Bingo, bango. I know the people who live or own that house. I cross-reference that with the public information about who teaches school. Now I know who that is. And now I see from this record that this same ID tag goes to a dermatologist or goes to the, you know, some, 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 a bar, whatever. You now can tell who that was. This data is generally shared for advertising purposes or in aggregated form is like a heat map for hedge fund investors. There's nothing wrong with that. Sharing a heat map to say, hey, this is where a lot of foot traffic is going up. This is where foot traffic is going down. Can be very useful in lots of situations. The problem is that two things. One, you don't always know that that's what this is being used for because the pop-up will say, hey, we allow us to track information to show you your weather uh, or to give you traffic updates or to, to give you news about your favorite your local sports teams. And you think, well, well, sure, as long as you're only going to use it for that, that's fine. But that's not what they're only using it for. Even though down in their privacy policy, they may disclose, it's not disclosed up front. And a lot of people don't realize this is happening. The other thing is, if this data is not protected in this era of data breaches, more malicious people could get a hold of it. Or even people within companies. Amazon just fired a bunch of people for for accessing data without authorization inside of Amazon, people could find out who you are, figure out who you are and track you by using this data. Okay. So we were talking about this last week and, and Tom, you made a mention that, you know, in this day and age, um, I, I think we were talking about uh, the, the Starwood um, hotels breach. It's like, so so much of this, you know, data is just, it's sort of out there and it's unfortunate. It happens. Live your life as though these sorts of things are public knowledge, you know, um, you know and, and try to protect yourself because of that. Okay. So let's say um, that in this situation, someone knows that I'm going to the dermatologist next Monday, which I am. I mean, what, you know, like how, how does this, like, how is this going to affect me negatively why should i be afraid of this why well, should i care and here's the thing it's it's just like privacy breaches you probably don't need to worry about it right but you should because you never you never know right this this is the kind of thing that many people won't won't mind they'll be like okay so somebody knows i go to school every day they could figure out where i worked anyway yeah. Uh, but what well, if and, and someone, I, you know, the reason that I bring this up is because I think a lot of people have the same sentiment is like, well, but like, am I really in danger? 
the the truth is most of the time, no, you're not, but you have to understand the implications of someone having this information about you. That's very personal. And, and it's not about you if you don't care, I guess, is the other thing. Uh, it's about the person who said, well, wait a minute, I don't like that. I don't want people to know all of these things about me. I don't mind if they know where I work, but I don't want them to know where I'm shopping without my mm-hmm. permission. I don't want them to know what businesses I frequent without my permission. Or, uh, you know, what if you're um, you're doing something legal on the sly or I don't know, maybe you're even, you know, cheating on someone, doing something unethical but not illegal. Should that be something that is becomes knowledge to someone that you didn't authorize? I'm not trying to defend that kind of behavior even, but not right, knowing right. that this yeah. information is out there means that anyone could do something with it if they wanted to. I feel like when we talk about these stories, it always comes back to, okay, well, if you want to be informed about uh, the the you know the data that is out there about you, you can right. Um, this is what we're doing right now. If you don't care, how do we make you care about it? I mean, if you don't care, we're not going to make you care. So the the question yeah. is. Uh, first of all, for the people who didn't realize, see, there's, there's, cause there's a couple of classes. There's the people who do sure. care. They just didn't know. They thought, well, wait a minute. I gave the weather channel, uh, app, my location to give me weather. What else are they doing with it? You know, that, that needs, you need to be aware that that could happen. That's mm-hmm. why I would never allow an app to access location data when you're not using the app. Uh, right. and Android and iOS both have these settings where you can even, say, even like Google maps, you, you would say no to yep. that. I mean, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and, unless it impedes the functioning in a way that you're like, you know what? The risk of them selling this data to somebody is enough is worth it for me to do this. I don't want them yeah. to know my location when I'm not using the app. Of course, I want Google Maps to to access my location while I'm using Google Maps. But when I'm right. you know taking a walk around the block, not using Google Maps, <laughs> they they don't need to know that. So yeah. turn that all off. Declare location bankruptcy and only grant permissions to anything that you really need it to have access to use. Uh, I just did this today and I found a few apps that were always able to access my location that I didn't realize they had that because was, they were was probably- Was there any ins- app um, in that list that um, is you know uh, widely used that you were surprised about? No, it was probably a couple apps that had been on my phone for so long. It was before yeah. you could allow them the middle ground uh, option. Uh, also assume any app asking for your location data will share it with third parties. Don't, don't be under the impression that they won't assume they will until you know otherwise. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and yeah, I think those are, those are the things I would do if I'm the person who cares. If you're the person who doesn't care, the question then becomes what role do we have in forcing companies to just be good citizens and safeguard this data? Uh, and make sure, is it public pressure? Uh, is it auditing? Or is it just things like the New York Times bringing to light the fact that, hey, this happens and you should put pressure on the companies, if you care, to alter their practices and disclose these things better? Yeah, I actually uh, went through this over the weekend because there's a dating app um, that I use for you know research purposes, of course. Um, and um, it was um, asking me uh, to you know, use my, uh, location information, um, whether or not the app was open. And I was sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, I sort of get that because there's like a heat map, you know, that like that makes the app work better. But that's a really good example of a company that probably does not have my, my personal, no, 
privacy uh, interest um, in mind, or at least at the forefront of, you know, their money-making scheme. So yeah, again, these are the sorts of things where it's a personal decision, right? But um, if you're in any way kind of squeamish about this stuff, it's important to know how many companies um, don't care about your privacy, want to know where you are, um, and will share that information with a third-party company for money. Yeah. Um, whether whether you're good with that or not, that's on you. But know it. Yeah. And and take control of it if you if you care. If you're one of the people who cares. Uh, speaking of people who care, uh, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You guys care the very most. You can submit score- stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also, if you'd like to hang out on Facebook, we've got good news for you. We're there too. Facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow. You know who's back? Amateur traveler Chris Christensen, who has a report on high-speed rail coming to the U.S. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. If all goes well over the next 10 years, the U.S. will join many other countries in having high-speed train service. Won't be as extensive as you'll find it in other countries because of the size of the U.S., but we do have four projects under construction, or at least well along in development. They include projects from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, from Miami to Orlando, San Francisco to Los Angeles, and Houston to Dallas. Now, all of these projects have run into some problems with money, regulations, or lawsuits, so I wouldn't bet on all four of them happening. Smart money is probably on Las Vegas to Los Angeles just because of the economic value of that line. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Hyperloop! Oh, man! <laughs> L.A. to L.V.? My what train. fun! Yeah. Oh. Because it's not far. To it all go depends on where they car, pick. It's but it's all, almost always a huge hassle. It all depends on where they pick up and drop off, though. Yeah. Because there's a train to good. San Diego. It's, it's not high speed rail, but it's pretty good. But it's so the the pickup point is so far from where I live that totally. it's like half yeah. the drive to San Diego to get to the part in LA where I drop off. But, it's so true. It's yeah. so true. All right. Well, um, uh, um, sticking with some feedback, we got a real nice email from Grace, who um, I thought this was a, a good um, uh, email, given the fact that we were talking about Epic Games early in the show. Grace says, the first thing I thought of when I heard your conversation last week about Epic Games and Steam and Discord is... Oh no, another subscription tsunami. I'm talking about the current mess that is my HBO, my Hulu, my Amazon Prime, my Netflix, my VRV, Verve. YouTube Premium, Verve, uh, and, you know, and the like. The logical next step, for me at least, is that these gaming services will remain competitive if they're going to be competitive with one another to introduce memberships. Steam might say, Pay X per month to gain X uh, per percentage discount on games or become a member to access these exclusive games. What's to stop the situation from happening? Are these real life examples of similar software tech competitions where this didn't happen? You guys sound optimistic about more options for gamers and game companies, but all I can see is more camps propping up in the future. Well, okay. Uh, Yes. That's possible. And I have two responses to this. One is also my response to the worry about streaming, which is we're still in the midst of the changeover from cable TV to streaming video. And eventually that industry is going to shake out 
which of these models work and which aren't. And you'll have a more manageable set of options and and probably some manageable interfaces uh, to, to to use. Amazon is is trying to work on this by including channels in their subscription, which makes it a lot easier to see what's going on. Apple's got their own thing with Apple TV. So give it some time. My guess is with gaming, it would be the same way. And with gaming, it even is all on your desktop in these situations. So we're not yeah. talking about cancel, console gaming. We're talking about desktop, at which point it becomes no different than just having a bunch of icons from different games separately installed to having, you know, three or four memberships until the point that it shakes out and you figure out better ways to manage this as well. So I would hold off and being too fretful about it uh, until you really run into problems and then hope that these companies realize, Hey, when we're causing problems from our customers, that means fewer customers. Well, thanks for the email, Grace. And thanks to everybody who sent this email. Um, and, uh, keep it coming. Yeah. Uh, in fact, our goal this month, like every month is to get one more patron than last month. And when last I checked, we had zero more patrons than last month. I mean, we had exactly the same number of patrons as last month. So, uh, the, the call is for you who are not a patron (laughs) to help drive that number up, get into patreon.com slash DTNS, uh, and find all the cool stuff that you get as a thank you for becoming a member of supporting the show. The biggest thing you get is the value we get in the show. 97% of our funding comes from individuals directly. That's who we're answerable to. So if you want to be one of those people, support us, patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Keep the feedback coming. We love to hear it. You make our show better. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us, that's 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Nicole Lee. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.